good day to you. I'm Carl Falk. This is the Falcon Around Podcast. Good to have you aboard. As you may have noticed, uh, there was no Falcon Around last week. Had a little bit of a medical uh, situation slash emergency. All good. Feeling a million times better. Doctors and nurses are some of the best people on the planet. They take great care of us. I'm... <laughs> Proof of that, the fact that I'm here talking sports with you today after the week I had is is pretty remarkable. So apologize for last week. Uh, I wasn't holding out for more money. I know that's a big Internet rumor. I, I know ESPN Fox battling for me and everything. Yeah, No, 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 it's all good. We're still here, still having some fun. So we got that out of the way. Now we'll be back to a more normal schedule, and it is football season. It's funny, preparing notes today for today's show, I'm looking at what to talk about. Major League Baseball is in the last week of, of its season. You know, Now, this has been a flukish season anyway. I'm not talking baseball today because there's just a bunch of teams that are going to get in, and the playoffs are going to be great. In the bubble, no days off. It's going to be fantastic. We'll talk a lot of baseball then, but now it's just playoff seeding. And if you get in the playoffs, you're going to play somebody pretty good, most likely. So it's not worthy worthy of the discussion with so much to catch up on, especially having missed last week, opening week of the NFL season. We got a lot to get to, so let's get right into it. And we're going to start, of course, with the 2-0 Buffalo Bills. Now, Listen, I, I love Bill's Mafia. And I, 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 being part of the media here in Western New York for now, going on five or six years and, and covering football seasons in different ways for that time, Bill's Mafia makes this fantastic. It makes it a lot of fun. But we got to pump the brakes. And I'm, I'm not going to be the buzzkill. I'm not. This is a damn good football team. This is a very good football team but there's two games played they don't hand out trophies 12 and a half percent into any season it just doesn't doesn't happen i don't care who you've played who you've beaten who you've lost to you're two games in nobody's out of it right now well maybe the jets but whatever they're not an nfl team anyway really at this point with adam gase at control but nobody's out of it, nobody's clinched anything. It's an incredibly long season. We're going to talk about the injuries. And I said a couple of weeks ago that with COVID and the possibility of players and teams or groups of players from a team missing significant time, this is going to be a different year and a year even more so predicated on a team that can stay healthy. So, it's all about the health, and this is going to be the marathon. We always talk about baseball season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. This year, baseball was a sprint. To me, the NFL this year is the marathon. Who can withstand the punches and the injuries? And we've seen some significant ones. The Bills, they've had their share of injuries. And the fact that they went down to Miami without Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano and in my opinion, when you look at the defensive side of the ball and the Buffalo Bills, the three best players are Tredavious White, Matt Milano, and Tremaine Edmonds. Those are your three best players 
on defense. Two of those were out. At a position group, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago when we gave the Bills season preview, that is the weakest from a depth standpoint on the roster. As great a job as Brandon Bean has done to develop depth, to develop this roster, the one area I thought he was lacking is linebacker depth. just hasn't worked out. Guys like Voshan Joseph were drafted to be that depth, haven't made a difference, haven't been the guy. Terrell Dodson, he's been nice. I don't want him playing 80% of the snaps defensively, but he's a nice addition. And the Bills need to get healthy with Edmonds and Milano, and they need to do so fast. So we'll get to the upcoming game against the Rams in a minute. But let's talk about what has happened through two weeks. And I think all of this discussion about the Bills begins at the quarterback position. The biggest question mark going into the season, obviously, was Josh Allen. Ultra-talented, huge arm, great Locker room presence. His teammates absolutely love him. He's a kid who has made huge strides, huge strides in his two years. You looked at him as a rookie and his inaccuracies and the things he did worked very hard last offseason with with Carson Palmer's brother, Jordan, to get those feet a little bit better, the mechanics a little bit better. We're seeing it. Saw it again this offseason. Worked incredibly hard. And the fruits of the labor have shown in the first two weeks of the season. The fact that he was able to throw for over 300 yards against the Jets. And look, I I just said, Jets are a terrible football team. They're collecting paychecks too, though. And they still play in the NFL. I thought that was a huge monkey off of Josh's back. No more is there a discussion about he's never even had a 300-yard game. You know what the last 300-yard game for the Buffalo Bills was? Tyrod Taylor. I mean, all those things, gone. So now he's freed up a little bit. Has a nice opening game. Fumbled twice because he was running the ball a little recklessly. And I'm okay with that to an extent. you got to take care of the football. But now he goes down to Miami. And Miami was a strange game. There were some fans there. There was a power outage on the telecast, which we all experienced. There was a couple plays after halftime and then a lightning delay. Why didn't they just – they don't have radar, honestly. You're in Miami. I've been there. It's about as metropolitan of a city as you could ever go. Yet, they don't know that lightning is in the area. How about keep them in the locker room for another 15 minutes? I don't know. Call me crazy. Why send them out? and play a few plays, and then let him go back. I thought that was a little crazy. And Josh, in the third quarter, threw a couple poor balls. And the Dolphins got back into it. And and the Dolphins are a team, they're coming. Bills fans, mark my words, this is a three-team division next year. I think the Jets are a few years and maybe a new coach away, and I think another quarterback away. But the Dolphins are coming. I'm not sure they have their quarterback either because we've seen Tua just stand on the sidelines, and certainly the cockroach, Ryan Fitzpatrick, as much as I love him, is not the guy. But the cockroach is going to keep his team in games, and he did that Sunday. And they kept plugging away, plugging away. And that game was starting to veer. You saw it. Bills fall behind. What Josh Allen did 
to come back and make big throws. And Adam Archuleta, who was broadcasting the game on CBS, was lamenting the risky throws that Allen made. Okay, Brett Favre always was that guy, and I know Favre is the all-time NFL leader in interceptions. There comes a point as a quarterback you're going to be one of two guys. You're going to be captain check down, or you're going to air it out and let it go. I'd much rather roll with a guy who's willing to air it out. Now, I'm not saying Allen's decision-making was always right. The misread when he had digs deep on a slant and tried to throw him up the field, that's a bad read. There is nobody in the other corner. You, you throw it that way, not in the middle of the field. But he was taking chances and delivering the ball and delivering the ball with confidence. And that is such a huge factor. Now, again, we're two games into this season. But the numbers, the two games, 33 of 46, 312, and two touchdowns against the Jets. 24 of 35, 417, and four touchdowns against the Dolphins. He's completed 70.4% of his passes. I was hoping Josh could get to 62% this year, and I still am. There's going to be a couple games coming up that if he completes 55%, the Bills may still win the football game. Six touchdowns, 729 yards passing, a 122.9 quarterback rating. He's also got 75 yards rushing and a touchdown there and two fumbles. So Josh Allen has done what he can to change the narrative in some ways. I want to have you listen to a clip. Dan Orlovsky, who does a really good job, in my opinion, on ESPN, breaking down quarterbacks. But his comments received by Jay Williams, the incredulousness of Jay Williams' reaction. Watch this. Through two weeks, Josh Allen is the MVP of football. Um, you know, for a long time in Buffalo, for, for his first two years in Buffalo, he's won a lot of games, but he's wait, been Dan, kind of wait, a Dan, long for wait, the Dan, ride. Wait, Dan, wait, Dan, wait, Dan, wait, Dan. Josh Allen, he's the, he's the MVP? You're not giving it to Russell Wilson right now? I, I just want to make sure no, I heard get, you correctly. Yeah, I'll give it to Josh Allen. Okay, can you tell me why? Go so ahead, I'm sorry. Josh Allen, yeah. So uh, he leads the NFL in passing right now. Um, he's, he's been a guy that has for a lot of times been, you know, part of the journey, so to speak. They've won a lot of games, but it hasn't been because of Josh. They've won their first two games because of Josh. Actually in a group text message yesterday with Mina Kimes and Mike Golick, they go, man, Miami's going to figure out a way to win this football game. And I said, no, they won't. Josh Allen will win it in the fourth quarter. And they were like, huh? And in the fourth quarter, he was unbelievable. And just, I, I've kind of been on this train with him and his development, um, He's become a quarterback that, you know, you, you, he could beat you three ways, his mind, his arms, and his legs. Listen, Russell Wilson's amazing, this and that. If you want to tell me Russell Wilson, I'll probably give you two thumbs up. But Josh Allen has the Bills at 2-0, and and it's not that Josh Allen is part of the Bills at 2-0. and Dio is my boy. Dio is my boy. I think I just I don't I don't know if I can give Josh Allen the MVP after watching him play against the Jets and the Dolphins. We we just I just called the Jets the worst team in football, and then the Dolphins 
or the Dolphins. I don't know if I can walk away saying Josh Allen is looking like the MVP right now after seeing Russell slaying for five TDs yesterday. I, I find it funny that people are so surprised that their narrative about Josh Allen could be false. We saw game one. He had that awful miss in the end zone. Terrible. It was a terrible throw. You go on the internet and you see the same terrible throw by a guy called Patrick Mahomes. Nobody cares if Patrick Mahomes misses one throw by 15 yards. But if Josh Allen does, it defines his game to most people because it fits their narrative. Allen was the guy coming out of college that nobody believed in. People didn't think you could harness his big arm and all the things that he did. But he's worked hard to become a damn good quarterback. And now, through two games, you'd be a fool not to look at the evidence and see improvement. And again, I'm not saying Josh Allen's going to end the year on a pace that's going to get him 5,000 yards. No, I'm not saying that at all. But 4,000 yards? I think it's possible. 30 touchdowns? I, I do think that's possible. So... While people are still trying to force their opinion of being right, Allen's not the guy, Allen's not the guy, Allen's this, Allen's not that, he's this, he's not that, that's something that I'll never understand. Because guys, the tape doesn't lie. It's an old referee insane. As an old referee, the tape doesn't lie. You think you get a call right, you look at the tape, guess what? Tape didn't lie. You got it wrong. Tape doesn't lie with Josh Allen. He's improved. He's the centerpiece of the Bills' offense, and they are running an offense through him and putting him in position to become a great quarterback. He's not there yet. He's not close. But he's a damn good football player who's getting better at his craft every week. And the reason he's taken such a huge step forward, in my opinion, through weeks one and two, our teammate, uh, as one of his teammates, Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, that trade changed things for the Buffalo Bills. You know, in baseball, I love the analogy of a pitcher. You know, if you have a solid number one, you got Max Scherzer going to the hill or Clayton Kershaw every fifth day. That means the other four guys in that rotation aren't going against the other team's number one. They all get to slot back. They all get to be in their place and do their job. They don't have to overdo their job. Stefan Diggs is a great wide receiver because he can run deep. He runs great patterns. He's got great hands. He'll fight for the ball. You saw that on Sunday. He is a difference maker. And because of Stephon Diggs, Allen has great faith in him. And we see that. But what I thought was important through two games, and this happens a lot with a young quarterback and a great wide receiver, and we've seen it a little bit in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr., where the quarterback will try to force the ball to his number one and maybe do so at the detriment of the team. Diggs has had two great games so far. Eight for 86 against the Jets, eight for 153 and a touchdown against the Dolphins. But here's the important part. 
The eight for 86 against the Jets was on nine targets. Allen threw the ball 46 times. Nine of them were to Stephon Diggs. Against Miami, again, eight catches, 13 throws to Stephon Diggs. A 72.7% completion rate to your best wide receiver. That's impressive. That's a big step forward right there. And what it's done, rising tide lifts all boats. John Brown is getting more opportunities. We saw it Sunday against the Dolphins. Cole Beasley still plugging along, running the slants in the middle. And even Dawson Knox has made some big plays through the first couple games of the season. So the passing game looks fantastic. And, you know, some of you may be listening who aren't Bills fans, and they go, yeah, but they played the Jets and the Dolphins. I get it. The Jets are awful. We're going to find out how good this team is. The Dolphins' win was a good road win in division against a team by the end of the year that nobody's going to want to play. Brian Flores is a hell of a football coach. They've improved the talent on both sides of the line. That's a good football team. Byron Jones getting hurt early helped the Bills. But, again, we talked about the Bills having injuries as well. But the Rams coming to town this Sunday. This is a game I'm very excited to watch from a mental football standpoint. Sean McVay is back to being a genius. And I don't know that he ever wasn't a genius, if you will. But what he did week one against the Cowboys and then last week just blowing out the Eagles, the game plans, the the, the ideology and the approach offensively, Love it. I, I really do. I think I think what he's doing is fantastic. I can't wait to see how Sean McDermott matches up with Sean McVay. I think McVay is going to try to take advantage of McDermott's substitution patterns and try to catch the Bills unprepared. Expect a little hurry up by the Rams. They love to play at tempo. That's going to be a true test. And then the next two games are road games at Vegas, and the Raiders now 2-0, and looking very good. And then at Tennessee and the Titans, that's a good football team as well. So we may learn more in the next three weeks than we've learned in the first two, but the first two have been a lot of fun going forward. There's not all, you know, nothing's all perfect. And the Bills certainly haven't been as well. The running game has got to improve. There's just not enough consistency. And one thing I don't want to say disappointed, curious about. The decision to give Zach Moss as many carries as Devin Singletary. He's got 17 Moss, Singletary 19. To me, Singletary's a guy who you run your offense through in the running game. And Moss... Is a great number one A. But I, I don't like the splitting of carries. I don't think Moss has earned that yet. And I thought Singletary did at the end of last year. And I think this year when you look at their numbers, Singletary's been a little bit more productive than Moss. But the blocking up front as well. Cody Ford's a concern on that offensive line. So there's that. The penalties against the Dolphins, 13 penalties. You can't, you can't have that. You can't beat a good football team creating stupid plays. 
forever when Rex Ryan was here, it was undisciplined. It's Rex. It's all those things. Under Sean McDermott, the team's been largely penalized at the same rate. Just he's got a little bit of a pass going forward. And the last area that needs improvement, and I've been on this, harping on this, since Sean McDermott came to town. I, I love almost every aspect of what Sean McDermott has done to become a good football team and for him to become a great football coach. But the one area he needs to improve is game management. And by game management, I mean when to use his timeouts. And I still think he's horrible. He, he calls defensive timeouts late in games that gives the opponent an opportunity to get themselves set. Now, I know he's doing it to make sure his team's set, but I'd much rather the team that's behind doesn't have the advantage of the clock. They're the team that should be in chaos. You're the team that's in control. Why are you calling a timeout and giving them the advantage? I don't I don't like that, and he does it way too often. And then on Sunday, again, just a god-awful use of the challenge flag. Sean, I know you listen to the podcast, and I appreciate that. There's a guy, Jimmy DeBell, retired NFL official, hell of an official, hell of a guy, lives in the area. Call him, hire him, have Jimmy DeBell sit up there and tell you what to challenge and when to challenge. A referee will help you when to challenge. McDermott doesn't have a clue. Statistically, he's the worst in NFL history in challenges. The worst in NFL history, but he won't seek help. He needs help in game management. So that's the Bills. They are 2-0. and It's on to L.A., and I, I cannot wait for Sunday's game. So we'll, co- we'll cover that next week. This Sunday, I saw something. You know, when you watch football, for, I'm old, not breaking news. Watch football a long time. I've never seen this. This is the kick at the end of the Cowboys-Falcons game. Never seen this in my life. Greg Zerline doesn't use a tee, just has the ball on the ground, just kicks the end of it. It's spinning. Nobody's going for it. And then the Cowboys recover. This was as unlikely of a successful onside kick as you will ever see. The onside kick is largely a play that doesn't count anymore. And Jerry, Jerry Jones, that that's a meme. If that's not a meme right there, I don't know what is. But this is one of those things that you look at. Look, look at the spin on this ball. Looks like one of my golf shots. Gets to the 40, it takes a left turn. And look at the Falcons. What are they waiting for? It's like a rebound. You can't get boxed out on a rebound. It's it's just crazy. And it allowed the Cowboys to come back and win a game they shouldn't have. The Falcons were the first team in NFL history to lose a game that they'd scored 39 points in, didn't turn it over. The previous 440 people or teams that – Scored 39 points with no turnovers, won their games. Because of Greg Zerline, the Cowboys ended up winning that game. I hate kickers. That kicker deserved props. That's why I brought it up. 
Quick reactions to the first couple weeks. There are a couple different classifications of teams right now. Teams that are as expected. The, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Packers, Seattle, the Saints are not. But we'll get to them in a second. The Jets, the Giants, the Lions, Cincy, those teams are as expected. I'm going to put the Dolphins in there, too. Because even though the Dolphins are 0-2, they're a tough 0-2. So those teams are as expected. A couple surprises. Arizona, the Bears, maybe the Steelers. Now, I'm not surprised by the Steelers, but I'm surprised at how Ben Roethlisberger looks. The first game out against the Giants did not look good. Sunday against Denver, much better. And then the Raiders. And, and that that looks like something growing in the desert. Disappointments, the Eagles for sure. Vikings, the Falcons. 78 points in two games against you can't do that. You can't give up 40 points a game and win football games in the NFL. And two other disappointments, the Texans. Can you be disappointed they're 0-2? Yes. But you look at it, played the Chiefs and the Ravens, who are probably the two best teams in the league. It's tough to be disappointed but when you're 0-2 and you're supposed to be a team that's going to contend, you may be. And, and I mentioned the Saints. Drew Brees starting to look like a 40-year-old quarterback. Brady and the Bucks so far have been okay, nothing great. But Brady's looked good for the most part. Breeze, man, looks, looks old. And I know last night there was a lot of discussion. His yards per attempt is an all-time low. But I'm not sure where it goes from here, and that's – an incredibly talented roster. Imagine if they turn it over to Jameis Winston, and Jameis Winston's the guy who bails it out. That would be an unbelievable redemption story for Jameis, and it would be a tough way to walk out the door for Drew Brees. I hope better for him. I'm just not sure it's going to happen. Other observations, Cam Newton and the Patriots. I said it before the season. If Cam's healthy, that's the best team in the AFC East, still think it is. Cam Newton's healthy, playing very good football. And the Patriots and McDaniels, Josh McDaniels and Belichick, building an offense that suits his talents. I, I really like what they're doing in New England. Again, I think it's smart. The Browns are one and one. Nice win against the Ravens or against the Bengals. But in that division, I just don't think the Browns are good enough. I don't think they're willing to run the ball 30 times a game, which if I'm looking at them, that's what I want them to do. With Nick Chubb, the guy's so good. They've got Kareem Hunt behind him. You've got 30 carries between those two guys. Use it. And if Odell Beckham doesn't like it, well, too bad. It's, it's a football game. It's about winning. The Jags have a quarterback. Gardner Minshew was – he's one of those guys you look at and you like. You know, expect him at an RV at the camping site next to you wearing the jean shorts, drinking a natty light, and, and just hanging out. And that's exactly who he is. But this guy can play. He's a baller. The Colts look really talented. They've got some injuries, and I'm not sure 
long-term Phillip Rivers. Does he work there? We'll see. The Chargers, I I loved what I saw at Justin Herbert. Tyrod Taylor, our old friend from Western New York, had that heart condition before the game, reaction to medication. Man, if Anthony Lynn goes back to Tyrod, I don't know how you sell that in the locker room after what Herbert did. He is certainly the future going forward. The Panthers have a tough situation coming up. Christian McCaffrey out now four to six weeks. I don't know how they get beyond that and stay competitive, but I do think they're a little bit tougher team than people were going to expect going into the year. And, of course, the Buccaneers, I mentioned them briefly. Game one, Mike Evans hadn't practiced. It showed he and Brady not on the same page. Go to New Orleans, tough place to win anyway against a very good football team. They looked much better last week. I think they're going to be a good team. And defensively, they look much better than they had. The real story for the first two weeks, though, has got to be the injuries. I mean, this week, Saquon Barkley, torn ACL, done for the year. The Giants are a team that has their quarterback, in my opinion, in Daniel Jones. Defensively, they're lacking. We've got nice pieces, but everything was about Saquon. And now he's going to miss the year. I don't know. ACLs are weird. Some people come back eventually 100%. Some people never come back. I hope Saquon does. He's so spectacular. I hope he's the Adrian Peterson type that comes back and you forget that he tore an ACL. Nick Bosa, done for the year with an ACL for the 49ers. They not only lost him, they lost Solomon Thomas, another D lineman. Three players on the same turf tear ACLs in Sunday's game. Just seems strange, maybe purely coincidental. But I would be very upset if I were the 49ers that they have to play there again this week, this time against the JV New York team. That's the Jets. Cortland Sutton out for the year, ACL. Heck of a young wide receiver. It's quarterback Drew Locke. Going to miss probably four or five weeks with a sprained AC joint in his shoulder. Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, they're going to miss significant time. The injuries. Now, is it all because... There wasn't enough of a preseason or conditioning. Some people are saying during COVID, the players couldn't train the way they normally do. They kept in shape, but you know, keeping in shape like we do, home gym, get on the Peloton, it's great. It's not NFL shape. It's a totally different thing. People are saying that has a huge part of this. Whatever it is, The NFL's got to figure it out because there's a lot of money invested. There's a lot of time invested in these players. And you cannot have all these injuries going on and expect your product to remain as watchable as it's been for the first two weeks of the season. So that's the NFL. We've been telling you for a couple weeks about Instacart. Instacart gives you groceries delivered in as fast as one hour. And right now, if you click the show notes, we're going to give you your first delivery from Instacart over $35, absolutely free. You mentioned at the top of the show that I had a little situation last week. Well, right now, I'm not up to going to the store. That would take a lot out of me to go to the store. So you know what I'm going to do later today? Instacart, baby. Let somebody do the work for you. It's a pretty simple process. 
groceries as fast as as in as fast as one hour, and it, we're gonna hook you up. So go to the show notes, click on it, and use Instacart. Do yourself a favor. The NBA bubble has been way better than I had anticipated. Check out the game winner by Anthony Davis on Sunday night. The big fellas aren't used to coming off the screen playing defense. That's why Jokic did a great job getting the hand up, but that was Plumlee's man coming off the screen. Man, Anthony Davis at 6'11", being able to move like that, the footwork, getting himself set as he receives the shot, getting himself in position to hit that shot, how you defend that, I have no idea. It was an unreal game, and, and Denver's not done. The Lakers have a 2-0 lead in the Western Conference Final. The Celtics and the Heat going at it in the East, of course, but I think there's something with this Laker team that may be a little different. The Mamba mentality. Of course, Kobe Bryant was a friend of LeBron James. He was an influence to the Laker organization right up until the day he died in February. The players respected him, listened to him. And a guy like Anthony Davis, who the two criticisms you hear, and there are only two, One, he gets hurt too often. Well, what can you do about that? Two, he's not aggressive enough. Well, Nobody ever said Kobe Bryant wasn't aggressive enough. Kobe, if anything, was too aggressive always. But his mentality, the Mamba mentality, is now playing out through Anthony Davis. Having the ability to let LeBron be the second fiddle guy is a huge advantage for this Laker team. I'm not sure where it goes from here, but it's been fun to watch. And looking at AD take that step forward. Now, he may stay in L.A. He may end up leaving and going somewhere else. We'll see what happens with him. But 34-10 and so far in the playoffs against Denver, he's covering Jokic at the other end, who's unique player and a great player this has been a fun couple games with these two it's far from over denver's as resilient as they come i I just really have enjoyed watching the basketball from the bubble i know a lot of people have tuned it out there's only so much you can watch right now and everything's on so you got to pick and choose if you're not watching the nba right now you're missing it. And the other side, I, I talked about Heat Celtics, Heat young shooters, what they're doing. The Celtics team is so talented with Jason Tatum being the focal point. Kemba Walker is just dynamite. Jalen Brown's a stud. That guy's a star. I, I didn't like them giving minutes and maybe too many looks to Gordon Haywood the other night. As nice of a player as Haywood is, when you've got so many guys who want the ball and Marcus smarts, always going to make bad, bad decisions and take bad shots. You don't want to take shots away from other good players. So it's tough to work a guy like Gordon Hayward in. It's almost like 
you just have to either have them start and be part of it or you don't use them at all. And I, I don't think you sit a talent. I just don't see a whole lot of reward from Gordon Hayward going forward. The Celtics are good enough without him. I'm not sure now's the time to work him in. But on the other side, it's all about the heat shooters. And I was watching the game the other night. The Celtics were very much in control. And all I could think of was the way the heat shoot him. If they get on a little bit of a spurt, all of a sudden it's a game. And it was a 20-point game that became like a five-point game because of their shooters. Drogic shooting almost 40%. Duncan Robinson's like 45%. Even Jay Crowder at 35%. Tyler Hero's been good, but he hasn't shot it well. He's only shooting 28% against the Celts. Credit to their defense. So we'll see what goes on in the huge game four as the Celtics have the lead in that one. And then there's the NHL playoffs. And last night, the Lightning tied that one up. They get a 3-2 win over the Stars, and now it's 1-1. And, you know, if you think about this, here we are mid-September. We just are finishing up baseball, two weeks into the NFL. College football kicks off in earnest this weekend. The SEC gets after it, and that's, of course, real college football. You've got the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, the NBA Conference Finals going on. If you're a sports fan, is there a better time to watch sports than right now? I'm not sure there is. And then lastly, props where props are due. I don't like Bryson DeChambeau. I don't like him at all. I think he's a pompous young punk. However, he's a pompous young punk who's now a Hall of Famer. And if you're looking at me, what? He just won the U.S. Open. He won a U.S. Amateur. He's got nine tour victories. This guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. What was great about Sunday was he was the only guy to shoot under par on Sunday. That golf course was kicking those players' ass. I think three guys were at even par on Sunday, and Bryson was below par. Everyone else was over. Matthew Wolf was five over par. Matthew Wolf continued to hit it by Bryson DeChambeau. Hole after hole after hole. Yet the narrative by the announcers, and you know, this is time to talk about the golf announcers, was Bryson's bombing it. Look at Bryson just kill it. Bryson's crushing it. Bryson hits it so far, yet he was always hitting first. Why is that? The other narrative is he's built like a linebacker. No, he's not. He's built like a guy who's on steroids and eats too much. Bryson's bulked up. He looks so he looks puffy. He doesn't look jacked. He looks puffy. And yet these guys are comparing him to Guys who are physical specimens. But Bryson's not a physical specimen. The problem is your average PGA Tour golfer is 5'10", 170 pounds. So if everyone's 170 
Now look at the guy from here, Jeff Sluman, who was a great golfer forever on the PGA Tour. He won a bunch of times. Jeff Sluman was like 5'7", 150. Of course he's going to look huge. I look big standing next to Jeff Sluman. It's just golf tries so hard to be what they're not, athletic, interesting, hip. Look, golf is a boring old man sport. It's a country club sport that very few people in America outside of a certain sector get to a high degree. It's just the way it is. But to listen to the announcers, they try to make it as if it's going to be this great revelation going forward. It's not. So, Bryson, congratulations. Well done. He's not a linebacker. He's not going to be something different than what he is until people figure out a way to play golf better. He's going to be a factor because right now he's figured something out that works for him. We still got the masters coming up in November and I'm very much looking forward to that. But I just, I miss the fans. The U S open Sunday was great, but without the fans, it's different. It's just not the same. I think it allows the players a level of comfort that I don't want to say they don't deserve, but it's too good for their games. Think about it. If you've ever competed in any sport, the more comfortable you are, the better you'll do. If you're playing golf and you're comfortable, you're going to hit the ball better. That's what we saw Sunday. You get about 30,000, 40,000 screaming New Yorkers at a U.S. Open Sunday and they've been partying since 8 a.m. It's now 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You're not going to be all that comfortable. It's not going to be the same. I think the fans need to come back in all sports. It's been fun watching without them, but it's time. It's time to get fans back into the games. Let everyone watch. Hopefully we don't have a second wave of the coronavirus, but I know that now that we've been through a season, been through baseball, we're into football, yeah, it's great to watch, but the fans not being there, it's made it different. I'm looking forward to it getting back to normal. Don't forget, Instacart, hit the show notes. We'll be able to help you out with your first order of – $35 or more will be free, and your groceries delivered in as fast as one hour. Excellent. Good to be back. Good to be talking to you. Be back next week with even more stuff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. I'm Carl Falk. This is the Falcon Around Podcast. 